Welcome to the Cougar and the Milf. I'm Astrid. And I'm Blythe. This podcast is sponsored in part by Get Your Jig On, premium erotic jigsaw puzzles. Use our code CougarMilf for an additional 10% off. www.getyourjigon.com Today's topic... Tie me up, tie me down. Tee off with us. Questions. Why do you like practicing shibari? What is your favorite shibari technique you like to use on your partner or have done to you? Are you a man or a woman who knows how to use a suspension rig? We polled four people that... <laughs> this is what... <laughs> I can't. This is what we learned. Why were there only four people? I don't know. No one's done shibari. Come on. <laughs> So I wonder why no people responded to our question about Shibari. <gasps> What's going on with that? I have no clue. It might have been the way I asked the questions. I didn't really do a poll for all of them. I said, please oh. give an informed answer. So no one has an informed answer. Apparently, no. No. <sighs> all we right. should have done something like that. Well, anyways. Do we have any good off-topic stuff to say this week? Um, I don't really know where to begin, but thanks to our listeners for hanging in these past two weeks. As we went into a toy making frenzy. A toy making frenzy. A deep dark toy hole. Yes, a deep dark toy hole. We're back. But now we're back. And in case you're curious about what types of toys we're making, just to give them a little taste, we've been working on some gag balls. Spreader bars. Some spreader bars. Whips. Whips. Floggers. And floggers. And crops. And crops. Yeah, you smack the shit out of everybody. <gasps> if there are any size queens out there, or men with donkey dicks. Donkey dicks? Please DM us at M-I-N-X-C-O-Q, or at Lit Housewife, or at Cougar and Milk. We need an extra large dick. If you want to come on the show for an upcoming episode of Trials and Tribulations. Yes. And you have an extra large dick then please reach out to us. We need dick. Yes, we need dick. Oh, hey, I just met a guy on Chatterbait. Yeah? His name is Sid. He's from Latvia, and his dick is 9.26 inches long. Yeah, but will Sid come on? <laughs> 24 centimeters, I had to look it up. I was like, what's 24 centimeters? Well, he's in the nine-inch crew. Yeah, he's in the nine-inch crew. Oh, okay, yeah, just record that. And, and his we'll sexy Russian accent, mm-hmm. and his sexy USSR accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about that episode last week. <laughs> or this week. <laughs> the, the intro to Japanese fetishes. Oh yeah, intro to Japanese fetishes. I don't know. What about it? For right now, I'm still in my LDR, so this could be a very planned oh, season for everybody. Yes, that's right. So the off topic was um, rec- previously recorded before, um, <laughs> before Blythe's long distance relationship. So all of those men. <laughs> Sayonara, baby. Uh, out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. Yes, we do. And I did have a chance to meet um, Blythe's German import over yes. the weekend. Eat, love, and be selfish. We shared a delightful Moroccan meal. Glassery. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We brought our gag ball to the table. I ate lamb, so all of you uh, vegetarians out there are going to be pissed. Like, I used to never eat lamb because it's, you know, 
I don't know. The concept of, like, not eating cute baby animals is just kind of stupid. Because it's like, what, you're going to discriminate based on whether or not they're, like, cute? Like a cow's fucking, you know. There's not going to be a shortage of cows or chickens. I'm sorry, that's never going to stop. Uh, no. That's just not. Definitely, <laughs> certainly not with the factory farming these days. Yeah. Anyways, oh, yeah. back is... to, back to the topic. Spankings. Uh, a little lotion to plump an ass. What? All right. Oh, yeah. So public displays of humiliation with our new toys. So we we came up with um, we made these we're making these keychain whips. Oh, right. So we were talking about how we're going to whip our friend to the bar. So we're just going to it's going to be a public display of humiliation. We're going to like rip his pants down and like whip his ass at the bar with one of our keychain whips. Right. Yeah. And uh, it hasn't happened yet. But the amount of spankings that will be given once we have our whips are floggers <laughs> our, our whip keychains our crops <laughs> a lot of fucking spankings are gonna be given I know I have a confession a confession yeah I did not pop my strap on <gasps> cherry yesterday did not why not I thought you were gonna pop your strap on cherry what happened so didn't return to shag mm. so yeah so we did go to the sex store uh, with the intention of getting a strap on so that yeah. Blythe could peg her German import. <laughs> we tried out some whips in the store. Yeah. Man, that one silicone flogger was like... We're going to sell a silicone Damn, flogger. that thing That thing stung for like five minutes I after I used it on myself. I think I needed it. So we go over to the whip section and Blythe's like... <laughs> All of a sudden, you just, like, out of nowhere, start, like, whipping me with one of the floggers. I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? I think I was supposed to be a dom. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely need to be a dom. That's... Why do you like practicing shibari? Well, honestly, (laughs) we just didn't get any comments. Somebody said, no one cares, cougar and milf. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! No one cares. Yeah, they said no one cares. I think no one knows what shibari is. Oh lordy. Because we're we're sex podcasters. This is our this is our job. So then one person said domination is a pretty nice feeling during the procedure. And that was it. During the procedure. Sounds yeah, so I think he wants some doctor play there. Medical or something. I know. I don't I know, know if he even knows what that is. So we do have an interview. Yes, we do. Let's so, start with that. Let's yeah. Let's yeah, start. With let's that. just let's just go into the interview to uh, you know give our viewers some break the ice. Some the interview we have on the line here NYCDP. We're going to be talking about shibari, otherwise known as Japanese rope binding. <laughs> NYCDP. Uh, when did you get started with shibari? I am a relative newcomer in the past couple of years. Um, I had. Uh, a model I was working with, um, we were doing some bondage stuff using leather, mm-hmm. and she said to me, do you do rope work? And I said, not really this, but the backstory there is I'm trained as a theatrical rigger, transitioning into um, shibari kimbaku and all the, um, the forms of tying people up was not a big deal. I mean, I Peter Pan, this wasn't that hard. Wait, hold on, so, wait, so you were a theatrical rigger? Part of what I do, yeah. That is amazing. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. <laughs> we love that wow. transition. <laughs> that's a good transition. How long have you been doing that for? Yeah. 
uh, uh, not giving too much away over 40 years. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Um, and so as a result of that, when I work with people and we spend a lot of time on safety and the mechanics of it, and they're pretty, but nobody ends up really hurt in a way that we don't want that to happen. Right. I'm assuming you apply the same safety techniques when you're working with people with the shibari, you know. Or more safety. In- <laughs> yeah, more. <laughs> but, but, well, it, it's, it, it, there are always rules we've had about when you work with um actors or talent in the air as mm-hmm. opposed to just stuff. Right. Um, but then there are other things you have to realize is that you know, if, you, if you pass a rope around a piece of pipe, you're not going to hurt it. The way you pass a rope around an arm or leg, it's a big difference. So mm-hmm. we're very careful about that. I tend to err on the side of caution. I'm not a big fan of anything, a neck rope or anything like that. But if something else fails, it right. kill your bunny. A rope bunny is a term used within the bondage community to denote a person who is tied up with rope by another individual. Right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. (laughs) Have you ever heard of anyone say that it's uncomfortable when you tie them up or are they always? Oh, sure. Um, uh, For a lot of people, the goal is to have it be uncomfortable. Okay. It's it's a matter of degrees. For some people, I just just tied someone yesterday. She did her first suspension ever. We had tried something at an earlier session and she doesn't have really, she's got some sensitivity in her arms but she doesn't really have enough musculature in her upper body to carry it all. Mm-hmm. So we just all quit for that time. Yesterday she came back, we wanted to try it again. So we did a chest harness, we didn't involve her, which was enough to stabilize her. And then we did all the lifts from the lower half of her body. And while she found it very invigorating, she found it comfortable enough to stay in that, in one position at one point for that 20 minutes, which mm-hmm. is a long time. And I think overall that was a success. She always knew she was wrong, but it didn't distract her from other things we were doing. Right. So there's always some form of modification that, I mean, you could try to use to make the person more comfortable if that's what they want. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, mean, you can, I, I saw a German writer once said, look, I can tie this so it's as comfortable with a hammock in your backyard. Um, <laughs> usually not what people want to, want to experience. They, they want to, um, some people are in a bit of constriction. Some mm-hmm. people are into it because it's pretty, mm-hmm. right. and some people are into it for the control, and then you have people who are really into it for the pain. There are people who right. cherish the, the bruises more than anything else. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but... Have you have you personally been uh, suspended yourself by somebody? I have I have not been suspended in this type of thing. It's, it's not my kind of thing. I am, I am not a switch. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a top, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, I have hung by rope a lot and um, when I was younger I, I used to do some technical climbing and also you do a lot of that mm-hmm. um, and then we used to be able to um, instead of using all the harnesses and all we were able to make our own harnesses quickly out of rope that's part of the me being tied up that way mm-hmm. that doesn't really work for me that's not a connection for me I'm I'm good on the other side I'm not good on, on the easy okay have you ever heard of any sure. um, female suspension riggers out there? Because we have one coming on the show, but I, I heard that it's, there's not that many women out there doing this. Well, I, I don't know that that's true. I see a lot of women who are taking it up and all that. Um, I think women or smaller men have to be smarter, which is good. Um, a lot of what we do is we're actually making systems of pulleys and all, mm-hmm. uh, even though there are no pulleys there. So you have some mechanical advantage. A big mm-hmm. bull of a guy doesn't have to do that, but that means he's pulling hard and doesn't have a lot of control all the time. That's how people get 
the wrong kind of hurt. So I, I think it's really good. It's also women understand women's anatomy better than men do to begin with. You know, it's all, you tie women and you tie men somewhat differently just because the, the distribution of muscle and exterior, interior parts is different. You have to be more careful um, on certain parts of a woman's body. You have to be more careful on certain parts of a man's body. And, right. you know, are they wearing something? What are they wearing? Those are all the things to go with. Before you even get to the fun part, all those things go on in your head. You know, you're just sort of planning what we're going to do, how we're going to do that. Women tend to be more organized than men in terms of that type of management in every study you've ever seen for business. Why wouldn't it be better for work? Point. It's <laughs> also remember, remember everyone thinks that the strength, the real strength, is with the top, the the rope bottom. The, 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 some bottoms don't like being called bunnies. Just keep that in mind. Some but bottoms don't like being called bunnies. Yeah, everyone thinks that all the power is in, is in the hands of the rigger. It's actually not true. It, but we, you know, we're talking about power transfer and all that. Um, the bottom really has most of the power. They decide to be there. They decide what their limits are. They are the ones who are dealing with the real discomfort or, or athletics and acrobatics of being in it. Right. The top, the top is more of a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a lot of top act like, you know, to complete that, I'm, you know, I'm sort of a choreographer when I do it and, and all that. But still, it's, it's all based upon what will work for this particular person. Okay. So it's... Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate you coming on. (laughs) My pleasure. If anybody would like to check out the work of NYCDP, you can find them on Instagram at NYC underscore DP. News brief. What is Shibari? A brief history. Kinbaku means tight binding, while Kinbaku bai literally means the beauty of tight binding. Kenbaku is a Japanese style of bondage or BDSM, which involves tying a person up using simple yet visually intricate patterns, usually with several pieces of thin rope. One of the many uses of hemp rope was for restraining prisoners as a symbol of power, in the same way that stocks or manacles are used in a Western BDSM context. The word shibare came into common use in the West at some point in the 1990s to describe the bondage art of kimbaku. Shibari is a Japanese word that literally means to decoratively tie. The aesthetics of the bound person's position is important. In particular, Japanese bondage is distinguished by its use of specific forms and aesthetic rules. Sometimes, asymmetric and often intentionally uncomfortable positions are employed. In particular, Japanese bondage is very much about the way the rope is applied and the pleasure is more in the journey than the destination. Shibari has a strong presence in the works of some renowned contemporary artists like Nobuyoshi Araki. Bondage as a sexual activity first came to notice in Japan in the late Edo period, about 1600s to 1860s. It just makes perfect. Here are some rope tying knots one may want to look into. Single wrist binding. Both wrist binding. Handcuff binding. Prisoner handcuff binding. Hands behind the back binding. High hands behind the back binding. Hands behind the head tie. Tasuki. Or kimono string tied. Crotch rope tie. <laughs> Turtle or diamond pattern binding. You know binding. you want some crotch rope done too. Oh yeah, I want some crotch rope tied on my crotch. I'm sorry, I just thought I was about to get nipple rings earlier this week and that just made me think about all the things that I'm like, oof. Flint's going to get strung up by your nipple rings. Ah. 
<laughs> All right, Astrid. <laughs> Upright standing binding. Cross-legged binding. Shrimp binding. Reverse shrimp binding. It's like E.B. Shabari. How adorable is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be hysterical. I got to see that. Standing partial suspension. One foot lifted partial suspension. Hanging letter M. Open leg binding. Whoa. Hmm. Damn. Oh, I can see that. That's naughty. Reverse <laughs> hanging shrimp binding. What is with the sh- shrimp? Reverse prayer hands. Arms bound in front. Legs bound together. Rifle tie. Futu momo. Futu momo. Futu momo. High hands on front tie. But before you try that, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about a first knot to practice. Back Were you a Boy Scout <laughs> or are you a sailor? Or a Girl Scout. For that matter. Yeah. Back at Rope Connections with Pete Rigg and Blue, Pete suggests that you use the single column tie to start. So how would we do a single column tie? I'm just going to tell you to go to www.ropeconnections.com slash the first rope bondage tie you should learn. Perfect. Because it's complicated. I mean, it's not complicated, but you should go down the list of photos, you know. Yes, it's a it's a tutorial style. But he always has thing, great sure, things right? to say. Yeah, he really does. So there are a few different rope types that you can use. Nylon. MFP. Spun polyester. Hemp. Jute. Cotton. Flax or linen. Coconut. Silk. Rayon. Alpaca. Alpaca. <laughs> Filament. Filament polyester. Sisal. Manila. And Hempex. <laughs> oh, God. You just fucked your head many good options for bondage rope. A lot of it comes down to personal preference, but each variety has its own pros and cons. Remember, not all rope is created equal. Always check the manufacturer's specs and get a small sample of any rope before purchasing it in quantity. We should post this site that gave this insanely comprehensive list of rope vendors. That's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you get cheap hemp rope from China, then... Oh... There's going to be some fibers falling out of your rope, right? Stat two. What is your favorite shibari technique you like using on your partner? And uh, we received this comment. Four responses, only one is real. Wait, that's what you're going to do? Someone's going to have to figure out which one is the real response. Either on me or her. I like straps on the wrist and ankles that leave the submissive spread eagled on the bed. That ensures the dominant can do whatever they want with no resistance. I like using prayer hands. I like to see her big in submission. It's a, it's a fake response. You have to see which one's the real one. Um, I think the fake response is, I like to use prayer hands. I like to see her big in submission. We didn't even give four responses. <laughs> Where are the other ones? You're supposed to make them up. Oh. The real one is either on me or her. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I like to shrimp tie her from... A hook in the ceiling with some cotton jute rope using the one foot hanging technique. <laughs> I like the end tie. I like to like slap her pussy with the with the STFU whip. The sound of anticipation. We should practice that before we play a game that I'm not used to playing. I guess so. Stat three. Are you a man or woman who knows how to suspension rig? By the way, we only had five people answer this. 
I'm a woman who does suspension rigging. I am a man who does suspension rigging. 60%. I'm a woman who would like to know how. 0%. I'm a man that would like to know how. 40%. No, I'm a woman and just like being suspended. 0%. No, I'm a man and just like being suspended. 0%. Any commentary before we wrap this up? Negatory. We are here today with Must Be Dennis from Chicago. How are you doing today, Must Be Dennis? I'm doing quite bad days. Okay, why did you start practicing suspension rigging as a woman? Because I'm gay. (laughs) That's a great answer. (laughs) Okay, what elements do you bring into your rigging that you do? Um, A variety of different elements. I'm not wise. I have a very diverse style, one that I've kind of curated my own over the years. I've explored different uh, knot techniques. And I bring those in from different cultures that have, uh, you know, different weaving techniques. And I bring that, and I bring an element of physics, um, you know, physiology, of course. And most of all, importantly, I bring in an aspect of drama and design into the scene that I carry. See, so Cesarbari is quite architectural too. I'm assuming. Yes. And form follows function, also. No, design? actually. Oh. Okay. Well, it's not all a function in this, because you have to always take into consideration the physiology of the human, you have to take into consideration it's more of an engineering problem than it is really a, an art problem. Oh, this is Because you have to understand the limitations of the human body, you have to understand how the body moves, and you also have to understand the physics of, of roping. Using different techniques, you can create an elaborate or very intricate design that is both aesthetically pleasing and functional. Introducing a level of comfort to the participants is actually very important as well, because although you do want to restrain, you definitely don't want to hurt whoever's involved. So anatomy, physics, and aesthetic sensibilities are all involved in shibari. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I know an understanding of tensile systems for the human is the tensile system, but also understanding the tensile system in terms of the rope you're designing essentially in tensegrity, which is interesting because with that, you're providing moments of compression to the participants, and they have to, again, be able to transfer their lo- the loads of, the, you know, the weight uh, throughout their body, in addition to being able to hold the pose that they're going to be putting. Okay, here's a question. Okay, who has the most power in this dynamic of Shibari? There's two ways to look at that, really. There's the traditional way, and then there's my way. Because I came into this very atypically, one of the things that one let's say traditionally one would argue is that the you know the rigger, the person doing the performing the roping, is the dominant party in this. But when you really think about it, it's actually the participant that is who the you know the rigger really needs to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But I feel that that is true in any type of scene, really. But at the end of the day, it is the dominant party responsibility to ensure the comfort, safety, and well-being of the submissive partner. Mm-hmm. Do you think that sometimes it's possible that the the dominant rigor can take advantage of, let's say, a submissive bunny? I think that happens more often than not, and that's, I think, very tragic in most situations. 
situation. An awareness and a respect for the submissive party is always key. So sexual empowerment is a very important thing to you? Yeah. Do you teach other women how to suspension rig? Yeah, I do. I think it's important that whether you choose, whatever size you choose to be on, that you have these tools and knowledge is power. So you know that if you're engaging in skin like this, that you're doing it willingly, that you can always choose to change or switch sides. And on top of that, you can also understand what is going on in terms of why is this going to be uncomfortable as a person I'm working with experience. So there's like a, you know, we'll say a health and safety aspect of it, as well as an emotional kind of empowerment about it too. And, and that I feel is in many ways preventative, uh, you know, a preventative measure to engaging in any kind of you know, role play and make sure that you're in control of your situation, regardless of what side you're on. Great. Would you like to, um, before we go, would you like to say anything about the architectural techniques of your Shibari mastery? Yeah, I would recommend that anyone interested in getting involved in this study traditional forms of Japanese rope work as well as Maori, Celtic knots, um, topological knots if you're so inclined to integrity. Uh, study the human physiology, look at ballet, understand how the human body works, take a yoga class, do an aerial class, understand the, the gymnastics or the dynamics of the human body in space. And that is something that you will bring in. Study some physics, understand how point loads work, understand what parts of the body are going to require more support, what types of support. Because when you create a look, I don't know. A scene. You, when you create that, there's a number of elements. And you have to understand how the rope all works the network of ropes all work together in tandem with the human body. They're complementary systems or complementary architectural systems that work together to produce very dramatic peace. You can mix the different types of knot work and weeding. You can look up boat knots. Boat knots is a great place to start. Rock climbing is another great place to start. Again, because you're working with your body to tackle the extension and compression and you're constantly moving uh, vertically in space. Uh, once you begin to understand that, you'll also understand how the knots work. These types of knots have different functions and can produce different, you know, structural as well as aesthetic components to the system that you're creating, which will, one, ensure the comfort of the person, and two, will also, in, in, also create a very dramatic effect or a very beautiful effect. It's not necessarily so much about you know, looking for uh, the most constrained position or the most. You're saying that it's not always. It's not always for. How do I say? Like somebody that wants to be uncomfortable, or somebody that wants to have be tied well, up for sexual reasons. You're saying that it could be just for aesthetics, also. Well, for both, really. At the end of the day, what you're creating is a sensual piece. Correct. Right. Yes. Not ultimately, it can be very sexual, and it can produce a certain amount of discomfort. But there is a certain amount of safe discomfort and a certain amount of discomfort that actually is detrimental to the human body. So, finding the right balance of the two is very important. For me, it's a much more elaborate um, relationship between the process of making and designing, the process of assemblage. And that in of itself is a very intimate and beautiful dialogue. All right. Well, thank you. Well, um, yeah. And then, of course, 
form and beauty is probably the most important, having a dramatic piece. Uh, I use different um, thicknesses of rope uh, for line, you know, like line weights um, as an artist. Okay, that's very artistic of you. Sometimes I use different types of rope. Sometimes, sometimes I use silks. Sometimes I use uh, rope. My advice, if anyone is interested, go to Home Depot, best sex store ever, and get um, the soft, the softer kind of nylon rope. Well, this sounds all very interesting, and thank you for coming on the show. And hopefully, this gives people a good idea of where to start and things they need to start looking into to practice shibari. Thank you for joining us on the Cougar in the Mouth.